Let us now talk to and let me introduce you to our guests for tonight. And our guest is none other than, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this name correctly, but the Honorable Ambassador will correct me if I'm wrong. The Ambassador uh, to South Africa from the Republic of Benin is uh, the Honorable Eric Frank Saizono. Um, good evening to you, Ambassador, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you for inviting me. Is, is 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 that your name, Saizono? You did it well. Uh, thank you, thank you, Honorable <laughs> Ambassador. Thank you very much. Appreciate you coming through and talking to us once again. We do this every week. We find uh, uh, some nuggets of information that will enrich our understanding of a particular country, and your country is a country of interest for tonight. Uh, this is a question that I generally ask all of my guests. Uh, we have so many things that pop into our heads when people talk about different countries and I, I'm afraid and I'm saddened to say that when people talk about South Africa uh, the, the first thing that pops into the mind is Mandela and then they remember oh wait xenophobia and then they all say oh wait a struggling economy and then they think oh wait 29% unemployment those are the things that some people talk about when they are talking about South Africa as far as Benin is concerned what generally comes to mind Um, when you talk about Benin, or when you talk about South Africa, because I didn't... Uh, I was giving you an example, Ambassador, of what yes. people tend generally think of when they talk about South Africa. And I'm asking you now, in, in the same fashion, when people talk about Benin, what comes to mind? Or what should come to mind? Um, currently, when you talk about Benin, you talk about democracy. You talk about stability. You talk about, uh, you think about the way people are struggling to make uh, as much as progress possible towards the development. This is the main goal of the current political authorities of Benin. And uh, we've been following that path since almost 25 years now. But since the, the last three years, Benin has... Uh, um, engaged in a more st structured way to work towards the development with the current regime which is uh, which has made um, as the first goal of the the five years term that the president is given the development only development and nothing else okay all right, uh, let's let's talk about what is now currently happening in Benin. It would appear as though Nigeria has uh, a bit of a trade dispute with Benin. Can you kindly clarify from the perspective of Benin what that is about? Um, you know, being um, in the neighborhood of a country like Nigeria is not an easy task for a, a young and the uh, fragile economy like uh, the one of Benin. Uh, we are a, a very close neighbor of Nigeria, but the thing is, most of our traders, most of our businessmen depend 
mostly in the business with Nigeria. But at the same time, you know, in Africa, our borders are very porous. And no matter you, what you do in terms of trying to uh, avoid fraud, it will come over. So Nigeria currently has decided to close the borders with Benin, but it's not only with Benin, it's with some other countries like Niger, like Burkina Faso, and it is mainly because the Nigerian authorities are thinking that in our countries we don't do as much as we should do to prevent fraud. But what, from what I know in my country, as I told you from the beginning, Benin authorities have decided to make their way to, towards the progress of the country. And many measures have been taken to prevent that, that fraud, especially concerning the blockage that are supposed to be on the roads between Benin and Nigeria. And recently, uh, you may have heard about that, there was a mission tasked uh, by the ECOWAS to monitor the whole West African region in terms of the, the way people can see, circulate, the way goods can circulate uh, within the, the West African region. And Benin was the only country that was singled out for being working seriously to ease the the, 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 the traffic for populations and for, for, for the goods. So this means that if you are you are trying to avoid fraud on your side and you make things easy, it means that goods and people can go from one country to another one without any harassment. But at the same time, it is difficult to handle uh, all the traffic between the two countries just because the, the borders are porous. So we agree with Nigeria that we, there is still have something to do in order to prevent uh, the fraud to, to, I mean, to, to harm the economy of Nigeria, as the, the, the Nigerian authorities are saying. But we also believe that alone we cannot do anything. Mm. We have to work together, hand in hand, with the Nigerian authorities. So this is the reason why Benin is trying to uh, to work with the Nigerian, there have already been uh, a couple of meetings at the level of the head of states, and we are still going to to. I mean, we are we continue to to work with them in order to find the right solutions 
so that we can avoid this kind of situation in the future. My, my curiosity there, Ambassador, is that this is not too long after the signing of the African continent, uh, Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. Uh, this was uh, also something that was touted to be a good thing for free trade in the West African countries. But then now President Buhari seems to be making allegations of rice smuggling there. Would there be any truth to that, that there's rice smuggling on behalf of Benin and also other commodities? You know, the problem is not that... Uh, we cannot say that there's not smuggling. As I'm telling you, the f our borders are porous. So what is monitored by the government is what we know. So what goes through the, the normal... Uh, uh, the normal border we know but at the same time due to the porosity of the, the borders there are so many uh, smuggling I mean so many smuggling ways so many smuggling roads that exist and uh, we are fighting we are we are struggling to to stop that to make it uh, the less harm harmful possible to the Nigerian uh, government but we also need from the Nigerian side uh, a kind of cooperation that will help us to succeed in that, that operation. So we cannot deny that there is a smuggling, but it's not at the level of the government. It's not at the level of the state. Everywhere in, 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 in the world, people try to, to find their way, I mean, to, to, to save themselves. So if if for, for them that's the best way to sell their, their product or to to bring one product from Benin to Nigeria, we are doing at the level of the state what we can do. But at the same time, as I'm saying, yeah. it is not easy because the frontier, we have the longest border with any other country, neighboring country in Benin. We have almost 1,000 kilometers of border with Nigeria. So this is not something that is easy to okay. control. All right. All right. So th these are some of the things that, that, that catch people's attentions when we talk about different countries, what seems to be happening at the moment. Now, let, let's go back to the Republic of, of, of Benin as a country, as a sovereign state. Uh, we're talking about it now as the Republic of Benin, but uh, tell me about it formerly being called Dahomey. What about that? What, what's Dahomey? Republic of Dahomey. Republic of Dahomey is the name that was given to the country at the, the independence time in 1960. And this derives from the name of one of the most important uh, kingdoms that uh, form the, the current Republic of Benin. Uh, that, so the, the name of the, the kingdom was Dahomey which is also known today as Abome. And that was the, the, the biggest kingdom that was uh, existing at that time when the country was, uh, uh, was taken by the former colonial power. And, France. Uh, yes, France. And the, 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 well, the best known king of that uh, uh, that kingdom of Beyonce, you you are you have probably heard about him. 
he was the one that opposed the the main resistance to the colonial power and you may have also heard about the amazons the amazons were a female regiment uh, which was set up by one of uh, the front father of, of the, the the kingdom which we, whose name is Kwebaja. and those are the those were the main characteristics of that that uh, kingdom that gave uh, the name Dahomey to the territory that was finally uh, left as independent in 1960 by the colonial power. And from there, from 1960 up to 1972, Benin was, I mean, the Republic of Dahomey was one of the most unstable countries in Africa. We were very famous for the coups, for, uh, um, military coups. And uh, in 1962, we had the last coup that was conducted by President Mathieu Kerekou, who is now dead. And uh, from 1972, we engaged in a kind of stable, a kind of stabi stability that lasts until 19. Uh, 89. But in the meantime, in 1975, uh, the the government has decided to change the name of the country, and the reason for that was that, uh, as I told you, Dahomey was referring to one of the kingdoms that formed the current territory of the, of Benin. So the the government was thinking at that time that. Talking about Dahomey was like if we were talking only about a, a specific part of the country. It was um, like if the northern part of the northern population of the country would, would not feel themselves uh, in accordance with the name of the country. So for them, it was better to find something that will be neutral, but will uh, be able to... Uh, unite the whole population of the country. So that from where that uh, the decision was made to call the country in the at the first time it was the People's Republic of Benin because we were at that time engaged in the, uh, the socialism and uh, Marxism-Leninism. It lasted from 1975 uh, no, from 1974 to 1989. Then came the National Conference, which is a concept that was uh, uh, was uh, created, invented by the Benin people, just because we were going through a very difficult economical period. So the government decided to call all the citizens, the Benin people who were abroad, to come to sit down around the table to discuss and to find new ways to conduct the country. So it's in 1990 that the decision was made to take over the, the term peoples. So the, the, the country's name was, the, I mean, the country was renamed Republic of Benin.
Okay. So that's All right. the way it went. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I can appreciate um, uh, that. And the reason why I'm asking about this way is... is that Dahomey has, has has been the most ethnically original term uh, to refer to that part of the world, and the the, the kingdom that existed there uh, did not just die a natural death. It was uh, taken over by the French. It was the French that fought with them up until it was then called what the French Dahomey. My curiosity now is why would we uh, use the word Benin? What is the word Benin? mean and what language or what cultural grouping does it represent Benin actually Benin refers to a larger area which is uh, which comprises uh, some countries like uh, Togo like Nigeria and even I think partly uh, uh, Ghana so it, it's an area that was called Gulf of Benin. So uh, this is one of the, the the reasons why when Benin has decided, when our national authorities have decided to to rename the country uh, that way, we were not. Uh, I mean, some of the neighboring countries uh, were telling us that we should not, we don't have the right to take that uh, that name for for us alone. But this was uh, something that. Uh, was seen by the government as more representative of the populations of the area because in in uh, the current territory of Benin as you rightly said we have the former um, kingdom of Tahome but you also have the former kingdom of Porto Novo which is actually the name of the capital of Benin today currently yeah okay. and you also have some small kingdoms in the northern part of the country. So all those those uh, uh, areas were put together to form the current territory that was called formerly Dahomey and Benin later on. So as you see, in in the um, attempt to unite the country in order to have it as to, to create a, a, a feeling of nation in the country, the government, I mean, the, the political uh, authorities of the country thought that uh, it was better not to continue to hold that name of Dahomey and to, to think about something that will not refer especially to one kingdom, mm. but we, that will... Uh, give us the, the impression that we all belong to the same uh, entity, but which does not bear the name of one of those entities. I understand, sir. I understand. So what does the word Benin mean? I can't... <laughs> it is difficult to, to give a definition of Benin. Uh, it's just a name that was given to the, the area that I was referring to. But I don't know exactly if there is a, a real meaning for, 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 the, for the word Benin. Do we know what language Benin is in? 
I can tell you, to be honest. <laughs> okay, okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's talk about one of the founders, or at least one of the leaders to independence, or at least who took on the 1st of August 1960, uh, uh, Herbert Maga. What do we know about him, and where does he come from? President, uh, let me call his name in French, because I, I think it sounds better in French than, than in English. Okay. It is Hubert Maga. Hubert Maga uh, came from the northern part of the country, but it is also said by some uh, senior people in the country that he was uh, originating from Burkina Faso, the current Burkina Faso. Mm. Uh, and uh, he was one of the main leaders of, of uh, that period. Uh, together with uh, President Suru Miga Apiti, who is from, from Porto Novo. Yeah. President... Uh, um, Justin. Justin Ahomadewe, yes. who is from, from uh, the kingdom we were talking about, Abome. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also one of uh, the, the leaders that uh, is probably less known. Emil. Emil de Alenzinsu. That's right, yeah. Exactly. So th- the, those people were the the, form, the first leaders of, of the country, uh, together with uh, others that uh, I, I will not uh, cite here. But those were uh, among those who emerged and who were able to to uh, contest for election for presidential elections. And President Maga was the first that was uh, elected as president of Dahomey. And we owe to that president to be one of the builders of the country. Because despite the fact that he was originating from the north of the country, and at at that time there was a kind of antagonist between the north and the south of the country, he had um, rather um, a, a, a spirit of uniting the country, and he worked a lot towards this uh, uh, idol. Mm. But finally, um, he was, as I told you, immediately after the independence, Benin was very unstable. So he was uh, uh, removed uh, after the first coup, the military coup that uh, came up in 1963. So when, when, when you say unstable, Ambassador, are you referring to the cultural differences that existed within the people who lived in that territory? No, I'm, I'm referring to the political uh, stability. What, what, ref- what caused the instability, Ambassador? Yeah, the, the, the first thing was the fact that, as I told you, between the North and the South, uh, there was a kind of antagonism because uh, the southern part of the country was uh, the, 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 the most part colonized by the French people. So, uh, the, let's say the, there were more people educated in the south of the country than in the north. So, people were feeling like we are the most educated people, so we should hold both the political and the economical power. And that has developed a kind of uh, frustration among the population, especially among the northern part of the country. So there was always a fight between uh, the two 
those two parts of the country for uh, for the power for the political power because most of the uh, businessmen the let's say the economic power was in the southern part of the country okay so that instability came from that 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 situation okay yeah and then and then we we have another figure that was very interesting very religiously conflicted figure um uh, lieutenant colonel mathia kereko yes Christian, Muslim, and then Christian again. At some point, he was a Marxist, and then he changed from being a Marxist. That's a very conflicted figure. There, do tell us about the Lieutenant Colonel. No, President Kiriku has never been Muslim, actually. Okay, he, but I remember that uh, there was a, like an episode in his life when he was uh, during the first term of uh, his presidency. Remember I told you that he is the one that put an end to the military coups in 1972 when yes. he, he succeeded in his coup yes and he was at the, he ran the country for 17 years and during that time we, uh, from this from 17 1972 up to 1989 remember that the, that that was a period where uh, Many African countries went through that uh, ideolo ideology of socialism, Marxism, Leninism. Yes, yes. And at the same time, remember that pre uh, Colonel Gaddafi, the president of uh, Libya, was also uh, emerging and was one of the main um, heads of state in Africa. Mm. So, um, those heads of state that were in the line that was called progressist were together and they were very often um, meeting at several occasions so it i remember that one of uh it was do, during one of the visits that president kereku paid to uh, colonel Gaddafi that that rumor was spread that president Gaddafi has decided to make him a muslim but didn't he change in, in 1980? Didn't he change his name to Ahmed? He, he has never changed into Ahmed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he so called his name Matthew until the time he passed away. Okay, so that 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 is just a rumor you're suggesting. It was just a rumor. It okay. was never confirmed. Okay, and and there was no time in '89 when he then changed his name back to Matthew uh, no, uh, no. after he claimed to have been born again as a Christian this time. No, that one is something else. <laughs> <laughs> to be to change the religion or to become born again to be born again is something else. You know, he he was formerly a Roman Catholic. Yeah, and uh, after '19. Uh, 80, uh, 1990, as you said, President Kereku is a, an iconic figure, I mean, uh, person in, 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 in Benin, because yeah. after the 17 years, he was seen as um, the, the, the guy who was supposed to be thrown away because the country was completely down. But he was so humble he asked for the pardon of the, the population. And even after the national conference, he decided to
to follow the the rules. I mean, the new um, decisions, all the decisions that were were made by the the National Land Conference. And among those decisions, to be honest, some of them were very humiliating to him. Hmm. But he did not refuse anything. And even when he went to the election, he was uh, beaten. He decided just to leave the 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 the, the power and to go back to his uh, to his uh, retreat. Yeah. Did he have but any in 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 1990? Did he have any influence into changing um, the People's Republic of Benin to now the Republic of Benin? That's 1990, or was it just the fact that he lost his, his presidential build, bid and things changed? No, actually, the decision of uh, changing the name of the country or renaming the country was taken by the National Conference. Okay. And it was one of the decisions that he decided to apply without any kind of anger. Or, uh, he, he said at the end of the conference, when he was uh, making the last speech of the conference, he said, all the decisions that you have taken as a national conference will be applied. And that was like uh, a turning point of the history of the country, the story of the country, because none of those who were uh, witnessing that part of our uh, life, our uh, national life, was able to say before his speech that he would be courageous enough to apply, that to, to decide that all the decision will be applied. So th that, you know, it's when when it's like what we we say in French: when you acknowledge your fault, you un acknowledge your mistakes. Yeah. People don't hesitate to pardon. Okay. okay. So that that was the turning point of his life, and after that, he dis he I mean he changed completely from the former Marxist to become again a Christian. So. Born again, maybe it, 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 it came from there. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the languages spoken there, the religions that are predominantly found there, the people that are found there. And by the way, the lines are open. Please do not wait for me to tell you that. You are more than welcome to join in the conversation. 891 We're talking about the Republic of Benin, formerly the People's Republic of Benin, formerly the uh, Republic of, uh, of the Kingdom of Adomi. Well, well we've uh, Homie, would like to hear what you have to say about the, the country. If you have any uh, information you'd like to share with us, would like to hear it. 0891-104207-0891-104207. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Welcome back, you're still listening to The Hat Space. We're talking about the Republic of Benin and we're talking to the uh, ambassador of the Republic of Benin to South Africa, the Honorable Eric Frank Saizona, talking to us about his country and we appreciate the ambassador coming through to talk to us. Now, let's talk about the people who live in Benin, people who are in the majority in Benin, would it be fair or correct to say it's the Yoruba people that are in the majority and then perhaps the Dindi or, or what? Who, who are the majority people in, in, in Benin, Ambassador? 
actually, to be honest, it will be difficult to say who is the majority. Okay. I mean, the which because all the um, the population is spread out all the the on, on, on the whole territory, and uh, the the main part. I mean, the 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 southern part of the country is more populated than the, the northern part. Correct, yes. Taking from there, maybe we can say that uh, in the southern part, people who speak, let's say, Fon, Gung, Mina, yeah. taking together, are um, the largest uh, population of the country today. But you're mixing about three languages there, the Fon, the Mbu, and the Mina, the, the, the yes. three different languages. Why were you mixing them, uh, Ambassador? Uh, yeah, because the, the, those three languages are, have uh, a lot in common. So okay. it is always easy for somebody who speaks French, uh, sorry, uh, Fon or Gun or Mina to understand what the, 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 the two others are saying. It might not be completely, uh, fully understandable for 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 the person, yeah. for one of the person. Yeah. But it is possible for him at least to get the sense of what is globally say, said or is being said. Okay. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I understand. What, so, so, but as far as the 2016 census is concerned, it suggests that the 39.2 percent of the people in in Benin speak Fon. Would that be correct? That's possible. That's why I'm okay. telling you that uh, it's the same. That's why I started from 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 the the phone. Okay. And the rest of the the two languages are, are, are grouping some uh, some space around. Yeah, but the general the gen the, the, the again following the thirty nine point two percent of the phone speaking people, then there's the Yoruba, which speaks seventeen point six. Exactly. Is, is that also correct? Exactly. It's it's completely correct because I told you that we have a common border with Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. So Yoruba is spoken in Nigeria and it's spoken in uh, mainly in the eastern, the southeastern part of the country yeah. where Porto Novo is. Okay. So, uh, and there is another language which, which is very close to, to Yoruba, which is uh, called Nago. Okay. So all those people are considered as 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 Yoruba, and that's the reason why the the, the figure is uh, seventeen point something like like yeah, point six. Yeah. yeah, and then there's Bariba, and then there's Mina, and then there's Aja, <laughs> there's Fulan, there's uh, the Tamari, <laughs> and the list goes on. But these are smaller percentages, correct? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, uh, but the, again, the interesting part is the language, the official language. What is the official language of Benin, Ambassador? As you can imagine, <laughs> <laughs> it's French. <laughs> Why? Why? After ambassador? being colonized yes. by French from 1904 yeah. up to 1960, Wh we Why? had no choice. Why? Why, Ambassador? I mean, if we still have a, 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 an almost 40% population of foreign speaking people, why is French still the, 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 the main language? Just because if we speak our national languages, yeah, we will not be able to make ourselves understood by others, except those who are living in the, our neighborhood. Oh. Let's say if I couldn't speak English, yes, sir, you and I would not be able to talk. 
Well, I'd be forced to learn your language. At first, uh, first I'd be forced to know which community you come from. If you speak Fong, and I, I want to speak to you, I'd be forced to speak Fong or find somebody who speaks Fong. Yeah, but but uh, that is something that we we could put as an ideal situation. Okay. But for now, we we haven't reached that point. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Is there any intention, perhaps, of of making Fon or Yoruba or Bariba or any of these uh, uh, Beninian languages uh, official languages? Official languages, uh, in a, in a certain way, because you see, um, our national radios, TVs, when they broadcast in in French, yes, sir. Most of the programs are in French. But they also um, they also have some some uh, uh, some room for the national languages and the main national languages that are spoken on the radios and on the TVs are those that we have talking about okay. we have talked about okay so uh, one, again it will be difficult to choose one language. But at least we have a few of them yeah. that are spoken by almost everybody. Yeah. We're not as lucky as like uh, Central African Republic where like you, you can you can talk uh, Sango, everybody will understand Sango. Or in uh, Senegal where everybody speaks Wolof. Yeah, yeah. We're not as, as, as lucky as them. But we are trying to make a few of them uh, spoken by everybody so that we can use and, and I think it's the same the same thing in South Africa with uh, the the languages but I know that in South Africa is more developed because uh, one person can speak through f uh, three four s five languages that's together right, that's right uh, that's right yeah in South Africa we speak uh, 12 officially uh, exactly uh, the 12th being sign language <laughs> by force <laughs> all right exactly. I'm gonna take a break ambassador when we come back when we come back, we're going to take, just take with this call before we go to break. We'll take Zach in Johannesburg, and then we go to the break, and then we can respond to Zach. Zach, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Naya. Hi, and Zach. Good evening to the ambassador as well. Good evening, Zach. Yes, I'd like to ask just one question. Uh, uh, with regards uh, to Benin, you said uh, the country will used to be colonized by France. Yes. And... Um, what we know is that all the African countries that used to be colonized by France, they are reserve banks that banks their foreign uh, currency earnings. Mm -hmm. Their reserve bank is in France to mm -hmm. date. There's more than 15 countries in Africa. Mm -hmm. So that's what we know. If that's not true, you can dispute it. So my question is, if the Reserve Bank of Benin is in France today, up to today, that or banks the foreign currency earnings of the government of Benin which includes all the exports or all the earnings in dollars that are derived from exports by a country like Benin from its minerals for example so if the Reserve Bank of Benin is still in France up to today including all the other fr francophone countries that used to be uh, colonized by France you can hunt others like Ivory Coast and others what is the feeling of uh, the government or the people of Benin about that at once? Why is it that is still the case even now? Is there, any, is there uh, anything that 
government or the leaders like yourself, uh, the ambassador, that are doing to rectify that. Because the earnings of a country, like if you earn in dollars, I mean, there's a lot of money if you export, maybe, for example, any minerals. It can be gold, it can be any other minerals that you export. It can be diamonds, I don't know. Can be even oil because you're next to Nigeria, you might actually have some oil reserves. So all those earnings are banked in your reserve bank, but it is in France geographically speaking, and France has got a say, a sway uh, that is uh, like more than Benin's say in the expenditure or the use of that foreign currency or the, those dollar earnings from Benin's minerals okay. up to today. So, so Zach? really, that's the question. All right. Um, are you aware that there is a central bank of West African states? Yeah, continue. Are you aware of that there is a central bank of West Africa? What, what does it bank? What, what uh, currency uh, does it bank? That bank? I don't know. It, 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 it banks um, the West African CFA franc. Does it bank foreign currency earnings? But uh, you, you, you have not answered my question there, uh, Zach. Okay, uh, you, I'm, uh, not, I'm not aware of a bank in a francophone country that banks foreign currency earnings in, in Africa. For right. let's, let's, let's have the ambassador respond to you. Or just bring that to your attention. Perhaps it'll bring things into perspective, the ambassador, when we come back from the break. Stand by. Hashtag SAFM Headspace. conversation with our guest for this evening the honorable eric frank saizono ambassador of south africa something of the republic of benin to south africa to beg your pardon <laughs> and he's talking to us about the republic of benin giving us some perspective and some insights we do have a question ambassador from zach who's asking first and foremost if it is true i'd like to know if it is true that um uh, benin doesn't have a central bank its central bank is in france i was always of the opinion that um, you you have a central bank of West African states, which is uh, in Dakar. But I seem to be mistaken as far as Zach is concerned. <laughs> Kindly clarify, sir. Thank you. I, I would like to thank Zach first for his uh, his question because not only it's, uh, it's a very important question, but yeah. it also carries a kind of concern. Yeah. And I yeah. fully understand the reason why uh, it is like that. Uh, but I want to, to say first that we have a central bank uh, for West Africa. We also have, there is also a central bank for the Central African uh, Republic, uh, Central African countries, French, uh, f former French colonies from the Central Africa. Okay. But he's, he's right by saying that our reserve bank actually is, is in France. Yeah. But so, you, you know, when we were, Given our independence, because we 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 didn't, it's not like like you see the way South Africa has become independent is completely different. Yeah. To take uh, the example of South Africa, and uh, for us we were colonized, and before being given the independence, we were given like um, a framework that we were obliged to choose to be in or to be out of. That was the situation with Guinea, Guinea-Conakry. Remember that uh, Guinea-Conakry has decided to take the, its independence in 1958, but it was with its consequences. Guinea has been facing a, 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 I don't know how to qualify, the difficulties were so much immediately after the independence that 
1960, when the rest of the French colonies were given the independence, most of the uh, head of state have decided to stay in that framework, which, uh, among others, was um, comprising this CFA, which yeah. is the money that we are we are using now. Yeah. But 1960. 2019 we've been almost 60 years back and there there have been so many changes in the world among those changes is the creation of the ECOWAS in West Africa for example and in West Africa we are trying to build a common market and as you know in West Africa we don't have only the CFA. We have only eight countries out of 15 that are using the CFA. Yeah. So recently, and it's almost it's only um, a kind of uh, the achievement of something that have started many years ago. The decision was made at the level of ECOWAS to have for 2020 a common currency yeah. which is which will be called echo so it's not that since 1960 we've been i mean doing nothing to change the situation but to change a money it's not something very easy our countries especially mine are struggling to find our way to have a stable economy to have a, an economy that can face the globalization's effects so it's not a decision that you can just take because you want to take it. If you take it that way, you will face some some consequences that will be over your expectations. Yeah. So the reflections have been conducted so far and I think what uh, we are now reaching a step that can authorize us to hope that in the next coming years, I don't want to, to say 5, 10 or 20 years, but I'm sure that in the, f the next coming years, we will change all this situation and, and have a common currency for the, for the, the, the ECOWAS region. Yeah. And that will certainly help because of the recent uh, the document that was signed in, in Kigali and, 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 and later on uh, was uh, is now uh, enforced since uh, the last summit of AU in in Miami concerning the African market yeah we need that and all the head of states of the ECOWAS are aware of the fact that we have to move from the place where we are now and to get to to to, to a place where we can we can feel better in terms of uh, building an African market that will be uh, good for all of the African population. So I, th I think the nub of, of Zach's question, since you've just said, uh, confirmed it now, Ambassador, is why in 2019 do we have these countries still use that currency that is going to be uh, a guarantee? Because I, 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 again, I always thought it was only guaranteed by France, not that it belongs to France. Uh, but you've Exactly. Me now. Exactly, exactly. You are correct. It's only guaranteed by France. Uh, it's, it's not the French French currency. You know, the French currency is euro. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's also guaranteed through France by the euro. Yes, yes. Which, which is, uh, but the reason is that we were not, I mean, it's not that we, we didn't do anything, but to, to say it again, it's not easy to change radically from one currency to another. But Guinea, Guinea and, and Mauritania are not part of that arrangement. They withdrew from that arrangement. If it was easy for them to do that, why is it that other countries, 14 countries, cannot do that? You know, Guinea has uh, been granted its independence in 1958. So Guinea was not, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's almost, it's more than 50, 60 years now for, for Guinea. But we have started with uh, this situation in 1960. We, we didn't plan to leave the, the, the CFA very early. But as, as I, I was saying, as the, the, the world is moving, the globali globalization is forcing us to look, uh, to see the world in, in, with other, I mean, in other way. Yeah, I, I think, Ambassador, our, our time is run out. Oh, we need to leave it right there. I think that was the nub of his question. Why is it that we're still there? Uh, I think that was Zach's was, well, point there. But we're we, still we're, there because we're working. We're still working. I we did. didn't find the right time okay. and the right uh, uh, subject to, to, to jump from, from one side to, 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 the, to, to another side. Okay. We're going to leave our <laughs> our, on that very note. Honorable Ambassador, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We really appreciate time, sir. Thank you very much. That's the Honorable um, Eric Franco Saizono, Ambassador of the Republic of Benin to South Africa, taking us now to a minute after 11, giving us the time now for the final bulletin for today with Ms. Godashe.